everybody for listening this is obsessive comic disorder today i have riley mccarthy oh yeah how you doing today riley i'm doing good man it's like i had a, a really dog shit week at work so this is like i was looking forward to this as like yeah. the beginning of my weekend for <laughs> sure <laughs> nice yeah it's this was uh man this was actually kind of scary like the uh like this i was looking at the i was noticing like reading this i read it again today because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a short Read. Yeah, totally. I read it again on the bus ride over here. Yeah, too, yeah. yeah. Um, it is. I really appreciate uh, Andrea Sorrentino's art. Oh yeah, because it is highly effective, big time. With this, he's um, like the perfect artist for a horror series. He really is, and this is the first. Um, so we read the Passageway, which is part of the Bone Orchid, Orchid, Orchard, <laughs> Bone <laughs> Orchid. Uh, now I'm just adding a little bit of a like a East Coast the Born Orchard. Born Orchard. Know, we 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 read this uh, Born Some Orchard. Fucking Born Orchard book. Fucking Born Orchard <laughs> mythos. The passageway yeah. by uh, Jeff Lemire, Andrea Andrea Sorrentino with colors by Dave Stewart. You know Portland's uh, own Dave Stewart. Portland, say. yeah, he is from t- he is born Portland, so that's cool. Yeah, he's a great colorist too. Oh hell yeah, I've got a lot to say about the coloring when we get to that. I don't okay. know. I mean, are we just diving in? <laughs> we can just dive in. We can just dive in. That's what's that's what's great about this. There's there is no structure to this podcast. Yeah. It, it we could. I've had episodes where we wait twenty minutes before we even talk right. about the comic, and then there's like this where it's just like right in. Well, structure's overrated. I feel like sometimes I'm on a podcast and like we'll be like having a lot of fun and like riffing and yeah. like oh we gotta get back to the segment <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like well we were kind of having fun just kind of talking this seems yeah. like it was good audio um but yeah man i really enjoyed this book i you're the you brought it to my attention um i'm kind of a new to a new jeff lemire fan um yeah uh gideon falls is what hooked me on him um yeah yeah which i you haven't read yet i haven't i i own the first deluxe edition okay. and i'm re i'm waiting because they're doing a second deluxe edition sure. coming out i think mid this month mm-hmm. so i'm really excited for that because i do want to read it um but you're, you're you haven't dived in yet i haven't you're, dived you're in. waiting until you can i, I think i read them. the first issue and then okay. i was like yeah. i I knew I was going to get hooked, and totally. I was like, I, got, I don't want to not be able to finish this. Right. That's the yeah. way to do it. I mean, I was reading it as it was coming out, which is torturous when it's like oh, a, a yeah. book like that, where it's like a, an evolving mystery. Like, it really well, like leaves you on the, on the hook. And the last one, they they did like an entire graphic novel as the final issue, basically, yeah. wasn't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even longer wait for that. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, but this is like a perfect little one shot. Like, um, yeah, it's like ninety five pages or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's probably the length of three issues. But the one thing I like about Lemire's writing is it is so fluid. Uh-huh. It is so uh-huh. like I read. Um, I did an episode about Sweet Tooth with yeah. uh, Mariche Hopperich, and. I normally a book series that lasted like 60 or 50 or however many issues would take so long for me to read. Right. I read it in like three days. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think he's very like, um, he probably would admit this. It seems like he's really like Stephen King inspired in the some way ways. Yeah. In, in the way that just, I, I mean, more in like the, the way the story just like 
flows yeah and, and, and like um it's very straightforward um while maintaining you know elements of mystery and stuff absolutely um and uh you know this i think like like i i'm like horror comics are my favorite type of comic that's like, yeah nine out of ten times if i'm buying a book it's, it's gonna be horror um and and there's, it's a great time for horror comics too. Amazing time it's for horror. A comics. Really good time. Yeah. Um. Because like for a while, I mean, I there was obviously there was like the old the creepy magazine and like EC right. and stuff like that. And then every once in a while there was stuff like Constantine or Hellblade or totally. Hellblade, I, I just said the same thing twice. Uh. Or like Swamp Thing or something like every once in a while. Um, but in the last little while, in the last like 10, 15 years, we've had Definitely. lock and key, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. We've had, we started to have some of the stuff by Lemire and Sorrentino. Um, I'm trying to remember. There's a couple others I read, uh, American vampire. I just started reading I by, read uh, Scott Snyder. I should check that got out. The two, just got the two omnibuses that oh, just nice. released of it. Um, which means that I have a shit ton to read. Um, <laughs> But it's 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 a really good time to be, especially into like supernatural stuff. And, Big time, yeah, yeah. And it's cool because you know, like, his comics have their like their origins in horror, really. Like, as far as like popular comics, mm-hmm. like it was like it was like westerns, yep, detectives, and superheroes, and horror. Yeah, like like that's like how it started, and like, and it still is. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. That's a lot of that's a lot of western <laughs> comics, actually. To be honest. There's actually there's yeah. a ton of Western comics now, um, <laughs> um, but it's but yeah, horror like in the past like um, decade or two has yeah. been like a huge boom. I think I, I feel like maybe like The Walking Dead kicked off like a, a I rebirth. Would, I would definitely agree with that. Odds. I mean, obviously. Um, the Sandman was probably totally. one of the biggest influences yeah. for it because it was a dark fantasy. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, absolutely. Like that was because that was like 2002, 2003, something like I think that. So, when yeah. the Walking Dead started. Yeah, because they just, I think they just hit the 20 year mark. Something so. like that. I really liked how. Robert Kirkman actually like advertised that to be like, he advertised two issues that were never going to come out mm-hmm. and released an issue as the final issue. Yeah. Which is baller. <laughs> it's a really great, it's a really good move, honestly. I heard he is working on a re, what was it that I watched recently that I was like looking into Rara Kirkman is rebooting and it was like a classic horror franchise movie oh, really? or something like that. that In I comic really form? No, a movie. Oh, like cool. A mo- like he was, god damn it, I'm gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna kill me because it was something I just rewatched and it's like, one of my favorite horror Whoa. things. Has and he so written like, movies before? I, he's so fucking talented. I, I mean, he is. Like, he is. I, I sometimes feel like he's a little bit over uh, crowded in the industry now just because he does so much. Sure, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But he, I mean, he. I th- he's definitely helped with the show Walking Dead a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think he worked on the, seri- the series that was based off his comic Outcast. Right, which is another great horror comic. I love that comic. It's I didn't. So was good. the series any good? I didn't ever watch the series. Uh it was pretty. I like never heard anyone talk about the series. It, it sucked because it was on. It was on Cinemax, which like nobody thinks about watching right. shows on Cinemax. I think HBO. Yeah, which, totally. But um, it was actually pretty good okay. from what I watched. It. it was actually pretty close. To, it was almost like comic to like page to screen, pretty close. Okay. Um, they had the guy uh from. It was actually the kid, the kid from Almost Famous played the uh, main character. 
because he's now older. Oh, he really? Because he was like when that <laughs> Actually, came I out. Could see that yeah. when that came out, Gone Girl had just been <laughs> released, and he played a cop on that movie. Okay, so that was kind of like, oh, he's now kind of. Mm-hmm back in the industry or something like that. But. Yeah. Outcast was a good... I, I feel like in like the genre of horror comics, there's like yeah. there's so many sub-genres. And like, oh, uh, yeah. Like, Outcast is very much like light horror, um, which I do like. Yeah. Like, it's not like scary, it's, but it's like the tropes are there. Well, because there's a lot of possessions and stuff like yeah. that. But there's also like this apocalyptic. I, I still need to finish that series, actually, because sure. um, I, lo- I love the art stuff. Like, honestly, this Outcast, it's interesting because the style of art that's actually in this comic, The Passageway, mm-hmm. um, it's horror, but there's also a very noir feel to it. Totally. Well, it's the 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 art is like um, it it all looks like um, printmaking. Yeah, like it looks like a woodcut print, which I really appreciate. Yeah, it has it, that. I don't know what uh, Sorrentino's um, method is, but he has a very very realistic depiction of people totally like the, an- the anatomy the uh just the faces look like they were just like it looks like it could have been like rotoscoped yeah and i i looked like i look i tried to look into his like background um yeah. i couldn't find much like what he what his disciplines were when he studied art and i wouldn't be surprised if he studied printmaking um could be because it can be he does like such Vivid, realistic faces yeah. with just really simple shadow work. It, it makes me think a lot of like, uh, do you know who Alex Maleev is? Uh, um, he's worked no. with uh, uh, Bendis for quite, quite a bit of things like uh, Daredevil. Okay, He sure. did uh, Scarlet, which I don't know if you've ever heard of that series. Um, some others. He's got a mm-hmm. very, very similar, although I actually think I like Sorrentino's art better. Um, yeah. But Alex Maleev has a very similar, and it's it's definitely digital. You can tell that. Yeah. Um, but, but it has like, it has that, it, it, he, he, it's evocative of like a, a handmade process in the like unfinished edges, um, you know, and like the, um, when there's, it'll be, it'll be like big blocks of, of black with imperfections inside of them. Like the, the, the page with, that's just like the, the, um, kind of silhouette of the birds with the mm. like it looks like a printing mistake um, but, it, it, <laughs> but it like in a, it's in a great really it's evocative great, way um and it works so well for for um uh like flashbacks and stuff yeah there's there's almost like even though it's not it has a it has a it reminiscent of mixed media a little bit definitely um totally. even though looking at it once again like it's it's very very much stylistically I, I i love the i'm just looking through this i love the facial um expressions in this totally it's done so expressive with such simple black work yes as far as like the amount of detail shown like it's it's i feel like he, he picks really expressive details to use and then leaves a lot of open space which like, once he was bringing it back to dave stewart honestly really i think that um colors are kind of unsung heroes within the comic industry mm-hmm. because you have you can have a great artist but if you have a good you don't have a good colorist it's not going to look very good totally like there this is a very um Dave's, they also worked on, I'm actually going to be doing an episode soon about another 
Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino yeah. um, with Kyle Adams called Joker Killer Smile. I don't know if you've heard of that. I have heard have heard about that because it, of them. I really want to read that. It is my favorite Joker storyline now. Ooh. Like, and that's 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 considering wow. the killing joke as as a, wow. as a thing. Yes, it is my favorite Joker storyline so far. That's super and high praise. There, it's a it's a it's a psychological thriller about a uh, uh, basically it's about a a I keep on forgetting the right word. I don't know if he's a he's a, a therapist or a psychologist or whatever. But he, he some goddamn he brain doctor. He's yeah. He's in. Uh, he's he's working. He works at uh, Arkham Asylum, and he decide puts it upon himself to try to cure the Joker. Okay. Oh, that's a super interesting. Simple and obviously angle, yeah. it cool. uh, it taints him as a human being. And there's a no. lot. Of, yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> there's it's. Are you telling me putting a personal yeah. emotional stake in the Joker's well being? could corrupt someone <laughs> right it's like it's That's like the worst before right? it's like the worst possible case scenario <laughs> to like the harley quinn storyline right okay because like it's like a, because harley quinn you know is like on a more feminine aspect she falls sure. in love with him and everything else like this this is more like a masculine another guy mm-hmm. like um not not no romancing at all and it's just it's so incredibly Ooh. dark and so good I love I love a good depiction of 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 homosocial bonding. Yeah, it's very yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a almost like a um <laughs> trying to think of an example. Almost like almost like the relationship be, even though uh if anyone knows the actual Indian to Fight Club, they know it's the same person, oh, but yeah, almost right. like <laughs> but almost like a Tyler Durden the, yeah, yeah, Jack yeah, yeah, yeah. uh relationship if they were actually separate people. Totally. Um to dig a little more into the 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 way that Sorrentino and Stewart's work kind of blends in this, yeah, between the art and the coloring. I think the color. Can can you do something? Uh, yeah, totally. sorry. Uh, try holding it without touching the the cord. Okay. The cord. Um, I'm, I'm so fidgety. I'm. I'm sure no, I'm it's okay. Out. I'm just like this is something that uh, I noticed in the last episode too, and I'm trying to figure out how to trying to see if it's mine ears. Go ahead and unplug it real quick. We're just doing a little, just a real quick. Okay, so it's when it's being held. Okay. Sorry, interrupt <laughs> the flow. Yeah, plug it back in. I'm gonna try something. Okay, this is gonna be really dumb. This is gonna be really dumb. Okay, <laughs> no worries, man. This is gonna be really dumb. Hey, dude, you're an independent producer. I am. I uh, try holding it with this. Yeah, totally. That's a, that seems like an actually an elegant fix. That seems like it's. I can fidget a little more without. Yeah, I'm trying to see. It still seems to be. It's not as bad. I'll be honest. It's not as bad. Okay. <laughs> I think this is good. I think it's a weird. I think it's a weird fix, but... I think you've just invented something here. I've invented the... the Gene Weber ha- hat method. It is the... Recording. This is the, the microphone coaster. It is 100... It's, it, it's actually fixed it. Yeah. Like, it stopped doing the sound. Holy shit. Okay, well, I'm going to have to figure out a better... I'm just going to buy some coasters and see if those work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what were you saying? Oh, uh, totally. So, I, I was just t- talking about how um, Sorrentino's art and Dave Stewart's coloring uh works together in this and i just think stewart made such smart decisions in how limited of a color palette he uses um which is another thing that seems like kind of printmaker-y like everything for the most part it's all blacks earth tones and reds yeah and then whenever there's a flashback to his childhood because the main character has these flashbacks to his mother's death it's hit with like a huge splashes of teal, yeah, like a ton of blue in the sky, and then and then just three spots of primary color in the mom's yeah. hat, yellow in the mom's hat, 
red in the like the like bucket he's playing with in the sand and uh blue or green with the I'm trying to find one of the exact pages. Yeah, can you the, put like, the shovel? mic a little closer to your face? Yeah, sorry. totally. There you go. <laughs> so it's it's just these these splashes of primary yeah. that are so evocative of like a childlike mindset. Um, yeah. And it makes like it it brings the the, the like a kind of emotional state of a child like in in into the forefront of these like you know pretty horrific like memories of his mom dying yeah and that's such a simple choice but it it, it like you it, know it's funny you're talking about this the first time i read this for some reason the ch- the bat the childhood um I think I was just, I wasn't paying as much attention. The childhood ba- uh, flashbacks weren't as, like, noticeable for me for some reason. Oh, really? It's kind of interesting. Uh, I think it was because I was trying to rush read it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. It's, I mean, I definitely, it's, I feel like it's, like, to really get a grip on a comic, you do need to read it twice. Yeah, at least. I, I don't know about you, but I, like, my first read through of any book i'm always focused most on the storyline yeah then, and then on the second read through i'll pay more attention to the to the art um, i would agree and honestly with this this is because of lemire's um storytelling a lot of it is well and it's comic books in general regardless yeah. but he is a very minimalistic with his he doesn't use too much dialogue he's no. very um very concise and honestly like yeah if you think about it as a comic uh a comedian um you need to you know use uh word economy yeah exactly very very reminiscent of that um and so looking at all the little just simple significance and everything it is a lot put on the artist. Definitely. And it's it's funny you mentioned the economy of words as like I think the 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 rules of good comedy and good horror are like really similar. Yeah. Um it's cuz it's all about like setting up expectation and then subverting it largely. Um, yes, I would I would agree. And I think I think he does really good with with that economy of words of setting up like planting little seeds. Like I'm thinking of the um the scene um, early in the book where, yeah. um, uh, he's the, the, the main character is, is like having like dinner with the, the woman who owns this island. Should yes. we do a quick recap? Just so we, we could do a recap. Like, I mean, it's a, such a simple story. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's... It's, I think everyone should read this, but it'll, I can like in three sentences summarize it. Okay. Yeah. Um, a, uh, a geologist is called to this remote lighthouse island to mm. check out a seemingly bottomless hole that appeared there overnight and he's staying with this this woman who lives alone on the island um and uh the only three characters are the geologist the woman who lives on the island and the woman's brother who drives the ferry to get him there um and at one point they're they're having dinner the 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 geologist and the, the woman who lives on the island um and there's like the perfect little little brief like horror movie uh dialogue moment yeah. at the end of the dinner where they're talking about their family and then uh she asks him like oh do you have any family and he's like <laughs> pretty much no and then she just says no one's waiting for you then and he says nope guess not and she just says hmm and then it goes to bed <laughs> and it's like oh no that's a frightening yeah. response to that <laughs> well so the one thing you did forget to mention though is that there is a a mysterious hole that has appeared that looks like a well 
Right, right, yes. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why he's there. That's mm. why he's on this island because at least that's what appears to be what, what the reason why she has him there. Exactly. Yeah. And um, there's... which is a great horror conceit. Yes. So simple. So great. And uh, she, uh, it, there is some sort of um, interest. There's it's interesting the connection because there is a significance of this hole, which eventually he gets knocked down into. Mm-hmm. Um, we can spoil it because I, I look at the, I, the way I look at comic book podcasts, yeah. I look at it two different ways. It's either people who have, who are thinking about reading something or three, there's three different ways. Someone's thinking about reading something and wants to know a little bit more about it. And if that's the case, they can always pause and come back. Right. Uh, someone who ha- doesn't have time to read comics and would like, and wants to know enough about it. So they at least feel like they kind of read it. Mm. And then there's just uh, nerds, you know. Yeah. <laughs> people who like the recap, which I love listening yeah. to people talk about things. So, yeah, it's, I, and I don't think it's a spoiler that will will ruin the yeah. the effect of the book. No. It's not like it's a, a twist that is, like, set up no. super far. It's just he, he falls down. He eventually gets kicked down the well, um, and there's like some sort of horror de- like like it seems like a portal to hell or yeah. or like uh it's some sort of like manifestation of 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 like uh you know evil or people's like guilt um yeah because there is uh because he he eventually gets knocked down when he goes down there there's these giant statues yeah there's a very lovecraftian feel to this big by time the way. Big huge time. lovecraft which uh i as much as lovecraft himself was kind of a piece of shit considering right some of the you know, the name of his dog and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> I think that's the best way to summarize. Yeah, I'm just not going to I'm not going to say the name of his dog, but yeah. I'm just going to, you know, look it up if you really have that, yeah. uh, you know, or know. guess. Do you know what? Just guess what just, a, a just, racist man in yeah. the early 1900s would name his dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's very Lovecraftian. Um, I like the, the three things that this evoked for me was. Stephen King, Lovecraft, and uh, Junji Ito. Um, oh yeah, no, I get that too. Yeah, I can see that because uh, it totally reminded me of that. What the name of the? I forget the name of the story, but the the fault line. Yeah. Story, just the the appearance of a mysterious hole, like. Well, that and there's the classic horror scene. Where, so he sends Alan at one point early on in the book when they're first looking at it he first of all he drops a first rock looking down. at the hole yeah he drops a, he's asking how deep it is and she's like well you're the geologist you know how deep do you think this island is so he drops a rock down doesn't hear anything doesn't hear a splash or anything like that so he uses a um i just forgot what the name of what they're called a drone a drone yeah <laughs> he uses a drone <laughs> i'm 57 year old years old right now <laughs> Uh, no, I he uses what you McCall's the kids have. Get off my lawn. <laughs> um, but he 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 uses a drone and it's supposed to be one that's a long distance one. So it goes down and he sees a a face, like a horror movie yeah. face. Mm-hmm. Um, which what I thought was really interesting is it is really reminiscent of the face in Gideon Falls because I have as I said, I read that first issue right. and I've also seen the back of the book. Um but in general, it's just really reminiscent of that. But it's like classic horror movie scene where like, and she says that all she sees is darkness. Mm-hmm. And he's, there's these like two walnuts that are being like picked at right. by uh, these crows, which ascended uh, from the well, from the hole. 
and uh, he sees eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And he like at one point the significance of that is is his mother died drowning when he was a kid. Mm. He says that it was because she had uh, she was epileptic. Um, but he uh, he has a dream of her without eyes. Yeah, that's how the book starts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just yeah. That's just. The, uh-huh. I mean, this isn't a very long book. I love my favorite thing about looking at. I always like to look at like reviews on Amazon and different stuff like that for mm-hmm. people. A lot of people are like. So there was a story here. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it was here. It happened. There was a book. Um, uh, can we talk about that face reveal, the jump scare in the well? Yeah. Because I think it's... It's 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 effective. It's really effective. It's, I think, hard to do a jump scare in comics, but when it works, it really works. Like Yes. I can think of, like, like iconic... There's a bunch of iconic jump scares I can think of. Ito, like every Junji yes. book has a jump scare. Um, um, Lock it. and Key has some Lock great and ones. Key, the, the first reveal of the creature coming out of the well yep. in Lock and Key is a great jump scare. I'm thinking of, um, spoiler alert, uh, Glenn's death in Walking Dead. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And I think... Um, like I think Sorrentino, I think these like this team specifically is so good yeah. at at the genre of horror that they can um kind of subvert even your expectations as a horror fan. Cause you think of um as like comic book readers, yeah, when we see like a big kind of sprawling splash page, like a like like something that um is kind of uh like breaks the the general um, aesthetic layout of a typical yeah. comic page. You don't expect to see two of those at once, and and jump scares are usually a big splash page. Yeah, and when when they're setting up that that jump scare in the well, the two um, pages ahead of it mm-hmm. are also like big splash pages. Yes, so it almost lures you into the sense of like, well, it, you, you see the drone going down the hole and then there's this big page of it like descending with the close-ups of their face. I love the paneling on this on the one you're talking about too, which yeah. is the splash page with a spiral. Yes. And this, yeah, it is I oh my gosh, I just And, so, and you don't love... ex- you don't expect another splash page, so when you turn it and it's and it's and it's like a the, the a fucking close up of that horror yeah. face. You're totally not expecting a, like a yeah. third splash page. The in first a row. time I read this, uh, I was like, "Whoa, like, Whoa like, fuck!" Yeah. Um, so it's I think that is like so clever, and they clearly like um, they clearly know their fan base, and yes, like, they they don't condescend to their fans. They don't play into tropes they nod to tropes and they use tropes yes but they 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 like that i think something like that shows like a really nuanced understanding of of the genre within this art form yes um and like uh uh like a, a, a clever subversion of 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 our expectations yes i uh i think it's really funny um do you know what the first thing lemire and uh sorrentino worked on together was um Oh, wasn't it something weird? Some branded stuff? Something? Or? It was a Green Arrow. Oh, Green Arrow. Okay. Yeah, I actually have somewhere on that shelf over there. Um, they did, I think, f- 15 issues together, I believe. Okay. So they did that, and then they did Old Man Logan together. Gotcha. Which, I haven't read Old Man Logan, but I've heard, because it's basically he... Well, I've read the original um, 
miniseries by Mark Millar. Yeah, that's the only one I've read. But they did so uh, after the Secret Wars, the the newer Secret Wars. It was Hickman did. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that storyline was that Old Man Logan from that universe came into the six one six main universe. Okay, which I I, I love that the six. <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. But he's it's a whole storyline of uh, how uh, he's like kind of trying to get back to his own universe and he's going through it's sort of like a road comic where he yeah, he's just just think of any Wolverine storyline but an old grizzard Clint Eastwood version of Logan in the sure. MC, MC, yeah. in the regular yeah. Marvel universe. You know what's I, I just thought about this. You know what's really funny to me about the six one six getting into horror? Mm-hmm. Um did you know who who made that as the official number for Marvel? No, Alan Moore. Really? <laughs> and and so this is actually a thing that most people don't realize. Um, there is a so Alan Moore is a huge occultist. He yeah. is a you know he's really into that stuff. He was writing at the time Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and he actually introduced the multiverse into the Marvel universe. So. 616 is actually, there's a huge hive mind within the occult that believes that this Mark of the Beast isn't 666, it's actually 616. Oh, that's a cool little So, thing. So, literally, the number for the Marvel, the main, the prime universe of Marvel <laughs> is the Mark of the Beast. Yeah. That's pretty sick. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Oh, Alan. <laughs> Oh, Alan, you spooky old weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you spooky comic fan hating weirdo. I know. What a, yeah, he's turned into a weird curmudgeon character. I actually kind of like it. It's, I, I mean, he's living it's, his best life. It's he's really like, funny because I've seen some people recently get really mad at Alan Moore for all the things he's saying. I'm like, does it really surprise you? Yeah. If you really know Alan Moore, the fact is that he, he has had multiple of his books have his name taken off of yeah, it. Yeah, I think he hates comics. <laughs> he hates, he, he's he's like, he talks about how he loves like classic comics. Mm. He loves the old, like the best example is he wrote for the, he wrote um, uh, Whatever Happened in the Man of Tomorrow, I believe it was, which is about, which is his epilogue to the Silver Age Superman. Mm-hmm. And that is his favorite era, the most cheesy, the cheesy hokey so dialogue <laughs> era. And you have a guy who, Every time, like, he wrote the killing joke as something to not be a part of the main universe. It was supposed yeah. to be his own little standalone, like, worst totally. bad, like, one bad day for Batman, basically. And it became so popular that it's 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 such an integral yeah it's part of the ethos. Canonized, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's a he's a fucking weird <laughs> freak. <laughs> Just read the later if stuff like the early stuff, but definitely the later stuff of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Just it just like it it implodes on itself. It's yeah. so weird. I mean, people. Talk, it, I'm gonna be. This might be a comfortable controversial opinion yeah league of extraordinary gentlemen is a bad series <laughs> i don't think it's as good as people remember it reread it like yeah. alan moore has alan moore has some amazing work yeah but he's also just a guy like he's not like i'm just it's like true. you can't it's just true. take you can't take what he's saying that seriously I, I find it's not like f- a betrayal that he is like a curmudgeon now like i find the first two minis fun yeah, for what they are, totally. But it just gets worse and worse as it goes yeah. along. And by the time I didn't, I couldn't even 
finished reading the last one, Tempest or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like a reason for him to have uh, Kevin O'Neill draw boobs. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it felt like. Like, he talks a lot of shit about the comic industry these days, but you he, read some of his work and it's hard to, to think that he wasn't just collecting a paycheck on some shit. <laughs> it's funny to me because he is talking about shit that he essentially started the precedence for. Oh, yeah. Without Alan Moore... Uh, and and obviously there's some other people too, but Alan Moore is probably the most influential person to the modern day adult comic book fan. You could definitely argue that, yeah, you know, because you have Miracle definitely Man, like, like him and like Ennis and and yeah, uh, well, but even before Ennis, because you have Miracle yeah, 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 Man, yeah, yeah, you yeah, have, yeah. I mean, uh, Swamp Thing is one of the reasons why they eventually what eventually led into the Vertigo universe. Right, because it was they they it was before they had the vertigo, but they were saying that this was like a mature comic. This is like, uh, what do they say? They called it. Um, there's a term I'm trying to think of. Like, it's basically mature suspense or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember the I can't remember the actual term. I mean, that was like the dawn of like the graphic novel. Exactly, like, exactly. You know, a and thing to set it aside from like comic books, you know. Because without more, you probably wouldn't have Gaiman. You probably yeah, wouldn't have. So. You probably wouldn't have for- Ennis. You wouldn't have. I forget how fucking far back Alan Moore has been writing shit. Yeah. Well, he started thinking in the early eighties. Yeah. Um, if you look at, I mean, if you look at, I, uh, I uh, Saga as a Swamp Thing, that was before Crisis on Infinite Earths, which yeah. was, I think, it started in eighty two, eighty three. Yeah. So yeah, man, that first Swamp Thing—it's great, fucking awesome. It's so good, holds up so good. It <laughs> seems like something that could be written, like you know, it it really does. Yeah, I mean, obviously, today. there's there's little things from its time, but yeah. like, but for the most part, I just I read I did an episode with uh, Jeff Parks not that long ago mm. from the towards the end of season one, and yeah, it's still great. It's it, he and he created one of the most one of my favorite characters in comic books, which is John Constantine. Yeah, that's a part of that run. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so sick. Did you? Speaking of Constantine, did you? I mean, I'm sure you've talked about this on this show. Have you? Did you watch the the Sandman series? I did. What'd you think? I liked it. Um, I I understand why they did the gender swap for Constantine. Um, yeah, she she does feel like John Constantine. I actually, in yeah. some ways, though, I do wish Matt Ryan would have played Constantine on the show, just because he's right. so good as that character. Mm-hmm. But for what they were doing and the fact that they were trying to keep it from uh, the prime DC universe, it made sense. Yeah. And it's like, you know, in the 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 Sandman book, there is like a Joanna Constantine. Like It's one so of the, yeah. It's, it's, well, you know, it's not completely no, out of well, nowhere. Well, Joanna Constantine in the book, though, is his ancestor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think there was, on, on a purely logistical way it was a way to save money yes yeah, like well we can have the same fucking actor if we, if yeah. we make it joanna today too i think it actually there was one scene though that it made it confusing because she plays her ancestor yeah. earlier in the mm. show and it seems like it's just the same person like, oh, are you also yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah didn't realize that was part of this that was the only thing but like i it's also like it's hard as when you read something for so long and you just know a character as they are mm-hmm. and you just totally it, it's it's like it takes us you there's a, there's always a second take yeah you're like even if you're not being like a bigot about it there's right. still that thing of like oh okay that's fine mm-hmm. it's just like it's like it's like it's like it's like if you know it's it's pretty much like 
if you saw a friend that you haven't seen in a long time and they came out as trans or something like that, it might take a second just because you've known them before before they came out. Yeah, you but you're just like, but it's still switch, like, oh, okay, not, this is yeah, still my friend. This is fucking, still the same person. It's the same person, the same character. Yeah, it's really fun. It, it's it really cracked me up though. People um, getting up in arms about a non-binary person playing Desire. Oh, that's like, so funny. Reread that fucking book, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like that yeah. is extreme. Like that is like before the term non-binary existed oh, that was yeah. he was writing a non-binary yes. character yes. like like inarguably <laughs> like <laughs> like there's like an explicitly like different it, it like changes yeah. between panels between like a female body and a male body like it's like it's like come on yeah like. that 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 is an absolutely <laughs> silly thing that they they complain about but it doesn't matter. People yeah, complain people about like everything. Complain. People, yeah. that's the bottom line. Is people love to complain. <laughs> yeah, it's they would find something, and it's it's uh, it's to me, it's ironic that anybody would get mad about any like progressive or like any anything to like bring more um, diversity or anything to a book from Neil Gaiman, like or right. to a show. Yeah, because like his literal thing was like, hey, if we can. If we can cast it, you know, uh, like if we can add more diversity to the show, I want to. And he was the one, yeah, he was very involved in the casting. Yes. And he did. He saw every audition and yada, yada. It, um, it, it cracks me. It would be like if there's any conser- not- like heavy conservative people that are nail gaming fans, I kind of want to be like, what, why? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this clearly isn't for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, I don't want to say here, I don't, you know, I never want to say that there's a wrong way to enjoy art, but yeah. <laughs> it seems like you're <laughs> well, kind of like, missing some stuff. I, I was talking to someone recently about this, about how, uh, and there he was like, it's really weird to me when, when conservative people like Star Trek. Right. That's yeah. one of those, like, cause one it's like, it's like a, a, a pretty much like a leftist utopia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause he was like talking about how some people are, are calling the new Star Trek woke track, woke track or whatever. Oh God. And it's like. You mean all of Star Trek? Yeah. Like, the only, the really, like, the only reason why there might not be certain th- representation earlier in earlier episodes is because it wasn't, like, part, uh, very common at it's the time. It's because it's fucking Hollywood. But exactly. Like, the actual, like, mythos of the, that show, it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like space communism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really is. It is. And it's like, yeah, it, we've gotten to the point where, like, like, all the violence in that show is literally because of misunderstandings. Yeah. That's all, like, even eventually, even the Klingons become like their allies. Mm. Like it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I don't know. That's pretty funny, man. Um, to get back to this book, I yeah, we um, you we we. I feel like we started talking about the like the kind of Lovecraftian sequence once he gets kicked into the well. Yeah. Um, which again, something that Sorrentino does so well, and um, if you've read Gideon Falls, it's like every issue has like. A, a sequence of, yeah. of like weird existential cosmic horror. <laughs> um, I I love that. It's it's like you know I like I like spooky stuff that asks more questions than it answers. Yes, and there's so much. Um, I mean, this is hard to it's hard to ex- describe in audio medium. I do re- really think that you should pick up this book. You and, and check it out. Um, but it is like it's it's only. Let me even count the pages. He's only in the like kind of underground hell world for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
10, 10 pages. Yeah. And he's, he's in and out. Um, no dialogue, really. Um, but every page, every panel is is like dripping with both like really intense details and yeah. just uh, open space. Which I th- I, th- I think is that brings in some of that Lovecraftian horror. Yes, like like I think I think cosmic horror is like rooted in in the kind of our primal fear of how big the universe is. Yeah, um, and so like in 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 like kind of creature horror stuff, like there's a lot of like. Um, imagery that is like tight spaces and claustrophobic yes um but in cosmic horror like this it's it really benefits from like the image of like open space mm-hmm. um and you see when he's dropped into this like hell world he's on this like long walkway with these like terrifying statues which is the most lovecraftian part of this book. totally <laughs> and and even though he's underground yeah it looks like there's no it looks like open sky above him yes like it's evocative that wherever he is it, it is like it's it's like unfathomably expansive and and the, it's it's just all in shadow like it's it's like it you have no idea what is around him it's 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 really a really cool quick sequence that that now, I want to ask you a question because I want to see who, what you think about this there is this woman Mm. Very, uh, very, very, very reminiscent of like Samara from The Ring, for example. Yeah, sure. The classic, <laughs> which is which is why there's I understand. Two, there's two spooky naked ladies in this yes. book. <laughs> do you think that's supposed to be his mother? Or do you think it's supposed to be just like a demon? Um, yeah, I had that question too. Is it? Um, is it? actually the woman who lives on the <laughs> like what right i that is one thing that i feel like i could have wanted like used a little more clarity on yeah because it's so let's just go by the visual information we have when mm-hmm. we see his mom early in the books we don't really get like a ton of like visual details no. about her the best you, image you get actually is at the very end you see her face in in the water Right. Um, I the reason why, and again, this dri- dives back into. Um, I love that the sailor looks like Nick Offerman. By the way, <laughs> he does look like Nick Offerman. <laughs> um, the the reason why I I think it's his mother, and mm-hmm. this is going to tie back into the the writer, the colorist, and the artist working in tandem, yes. is, and it's kind of even hard to tell. Um, because it's just a dot of color. Yeah, the eyes is this is the teal that is used in all the oh, flashbacks. Oh, okay. That wow, that is that is some that is some extra detail. And looking. and it's literally just a little dot of one eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what that like like it's so if uh, that that is why I think it's the mother. It is a, a <laughs> crazy choice <laughs> yeah. to just have this. She's like emerging from like a, a and, river and of blood. Says, yeah. Um, <laughs> With, it's oh, and man, yeah. oh man, does Sorrentino like to draw fucked up teeth? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> he says so many <laughs> fucked up teeth in this and in and in Gideon Falls. Like yeah. I'm sure in that Joker book. <laughs> like oh yeah <laughs> well the joker himself always has fucked up teeth yeah so. <laughs> and that i mean and that's like it's 
it's a, a it's it's a horror trope that works because like there is something really frightening about a big smile and all that exposed yeah. teeth. It's kind of similar. What's that um the term for like when um when people have eyes where the whites are showing both above and below and it's supposed oh. to mean that you're like uh like dilate like no way that's the opposite of dilation no it's 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 a style of eye there's a japanese word for it and oh, it's, okay. it's it's um charles manson had it uh the heaven's gate guy has it like i know what you're talking about i just i've never um, heard the, the term billy eilish has <laughs> billy eilish <laughs> <laughs> so you know f- famous yeah. psychopaths yeah 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 yeah, but i think Katy perry has it <laughs> i think uh real famous psychopaths yeah um. I, I think like um similar to how that is like a a, a a a visual indication of like something of unwellness when someone smiles and you can like see the teeth these are really, their, really hot their, takes about like, Zoe Deschanel, by the way. Um, what was that? These are hot takes about Zoe Deschanel, oh, yeah. by the way. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, if, you, if, I was, if, you, if you can see past the like canine teeth, mm-hmm. it's, it's like when that smile gets that wide, it is like undeniably frightening. Yeah. Um, it's, it's cool also seeing like, um, I like, a thing I like about reading horror comics is if you read enough about one or read enough work from like one artist yeah um you really get an understanding i think of that person what that person finds frightening <laughs> yes um and i love that kind of snapshot and like like you said that this the the face that is in the well is very similar to the face in gideon falls yes. like like sorrentino definitely had a nightmare about that face. <laughs> Like that is the that's, that is, that's his entire career. He is pulling from a very specific thing that he saw in a dream yeah. or you know a dark alley one day that is is has like stuck with him. Um, but I really like I I really like the because um, I I love stuff where the the artist is present in the artwork. Yes. Um, and in in psychological horror specifically. <laughs> Like I, I think could. my I think my favorite you're talking about artists representing you can I'll let you finish what you were saying but um <laughs> Sean Phillips literally puts himself as a character in every one of the like <laughs> things he does with Ed Brubaker like there's always yeah. a character that looks like Sean Phillips but go on did anyway. he do um Velvet no that was uh that was Steve Epstein okay uh, I'm not familiar with that His um name. but uh no Sean Phillips is like criminal okay. uh Killer Rekilled, uh, yeah, Fatel, which is another great horror comic. Yeah. Um, man, God, I just love horror comics, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's so spooky. And it's funny, It's I have a, I'm like, it's weird, I do, I really love horror. Yeah. I am a scaredy cat. Yeah. I should say that, like, that's, I, I'm that's... not, I'm not a horror fan who, like, isn't easily scared. I'm like very affected that's the thing that's the best part about if you're not affected by horror why are you watching it that's what i'm wondering like people like fucking people who are like looking to be impressed it's stupid it reminds me of like dudes that like go to a comedy show and like just fold their arms in the front (laughs) row like make me laugh bro (laughs) make me scared bro yeah make me scared come on bro come on come on make me scared But I will, I mean, my partner makes fun of me because my, my yeah. like, my, uh, like, um, measure of how effective a horror comic is is if it gives me nightmares. <laughs> and I did have a nightmare ab- about, uh, that's fair, that's fair. Face in a well. Um, uh, 
It's actually a curse that he uh, that Andrea Sorrentino is passing amongst all the readers. <laughs> yeah, it's really that, what it is. Face, totally. He's just really trying. It's like yeah. the ring, you know. It's like the ring. Mm. You got to make the copy of the tape, but instead he just draws it and everything. <laughs> He's drawing it, yeah. passing it along. <laughs> um, but I honestly, I mean, I also do love. I like. I mean, I like horror for all its aspects. Yes. Um, and so I do appreciate comics that are horror in trope alone. Yeah. But aren't necessarily scary. Yeah. Um, like, um, did you ever read Spread? Came out on Image. It was like Spread. Four that volumes. sounds really familiar. I think it got canceled before, for some reason, before it, it like came to a conclusion. That it's sounds one super familiar. It's one of my favorite horror comics of all time. Um, he also the same team did Unearth, which I think is ongoing right now. Okay. Um, but Spread is a great example of a horror comic book, which isn't scary, but is like. Um, unsettling and really like fun and beautiful, yeah, in like a gory way. Oh yes, yes. Uh, the reason why I remember this is because the first volume looks like um, Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, totally it does. <laughs> um, I highly recommend that book to I, any any horror fans who don't want something too scary, but I, like I the, do want to read this because I love Justin Jordan mostly because of uh, Strange Town Luther Strode. Have you read that? I haven't. There, it's a trilogy of some of the goriest comics you will ever yeah. see. Um, it's right, right there next to Shudder. If you want to take a look at it real quick, okay. there's three different books, but um, it's also got just amazing art. But I, it was um, that was actually a, his first book that he did. Oh, cool! And he, um, I bought it as an impulse buy because I used to. So what I, I don't like to, I don't, I don't, I don't like loitering. Especially at a com- especially at a comic book shop. Okay, interesting. Like, like I like if worst case scenario, I'll just buy something cheap somewhere. Like I'll buy a pack of if I use a bathroom at a Safeway, I'll use I'll buy a pack of gum or something. Sure, like. sure, sure. Um, so I bought this one as a, a uh, originally. I think this this is my second copy I own because I had to sell a bunch of stuff a while back. But yeah, I bought it as a um impulse buy because i was like i just need i need, need to buy something, something. To buy. i need to buy something yeah. at the comic shop because I, I was there I for like an mean. hour yeah totally and i picked it up and i was like this is amazing yeah and I st- <laughs> funny enough i own all three and i've never read the third one really <laughs> yeah i mean you own a lot of fucking books dude <laughs> yeah. i get it I it's get it. uh and it's it's funny because like i i i had this moment and it's like it's like every, every gamer or a person with a huge Blu-ray collection, or just a book right. or anything, mm-hmm. will have. It's like I'm sitting. I was sitting down on the the couch that you're sitting on right now, and I was just like hanging out in my room yesterday, and I was like, "The fuck can I read? Like what? What can I read right now?" <laughs> Surrounded with things Surrounded, to read. like what can I read? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, like what should I read? You right. know? Like, yeah, overwhelmed by choices, man. Yeah. Well, because I've, I've, um, at this point, it's probably at least half my collection I haven't read. So wow. So it's like that's it's, exciting. It, it is exciting, but also daunting. It's extremely daunting, and it's like I want to read all of it. Yeah, because I've gotten rid of a lot of. I've actually this might be a surprise, but I recently got rid of like a fourth of my collection. Wow. So I had way more than this, but mm-hmm. it's like. I'm down to like these are the books I want to have. These are at least for now, and t- unless I read something and absolutely hate it, right? And it's like, but which do I read next? Like for example, that series Reckless right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just keep on buying them because I really love the team that works on it, but I haven't read a single one. Oh right! And every time they really they're just they're releasing them like um like once every six months or something like that. And I just keep on buying them, and I'm like, eventually, <laughs> I'll get around to eventually it. Eventually, I'll get yeah. to it. 
but like I also like I like collecting stuff in hardcover when it came when it comes right. out like that. And that's one of the things I really loved about this book mm-hmm. was the fact that it's a nice little nice little hardcover. It's a standard size, it's not an oversized, which mm-hmm. you know, I do prefer oversized artwork, but there's just something nice about the the feel of a hardcover book and also the longevity of a hardcover book. Totally. Because yeah. having paperbacks, I've I've had some paperbacks that I just read too many times, and then all of a sudden they're just warped. And... Totally, and honestly, like I don't like you. Can, I know you can bag and board a paperback, yeah. But like having eh. a shelf full of bagged and boarded things, it doesn't like part of having like the, no. the fun of, of of physical media is it being like a a, a lovely looking artifact in your home. Yes, and like having a bunch of bagged and boarded shit, it just <laughs> looks ugly. It's like yeah, it doesn't look it's good. It's like the, the, the there's something nice like that your comic sh- like your shelf of comic books looks like it's beautiful. Like Thank it's, you. it's it's Thank it's, you. it's it's a really lovely put together. And like if that it was all like bagged and boarded paperbacks, you know, it's just you know yeah. look like something else. <laughs> yeah. I um yeah I try you know I. I don't. I don't consider myself a collector. I'm like a comic yeah. book fan, but I, I will. Um, it's a da- it's a dangerous game to dangerous get into. To play. And yeah. I and I I live in a pretty small apartment, um, one bedroom with my boyfriend, and mm-hmm. um, we have so many books. Um, yeah. And we so I try to if 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 I have something that I've read several times and I know someone else will read it, I try yeah. to pass it on. I used to, I also was a big into, when I first moved to Portland, Yeah. Um, I didn't know anyone here. Um, mm-hmm. I like moved here alone um, on a fucking impulse, which looking back on it, was fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> <to do>. um, <laughs> but for like my first six months in Portland, I didn't know anyone and I was just starting in comedy and I hadn't yeah. made any friends yet. Um, and so I spent every day at the public library downtown mm. in Portland. Yeah. Um, cause I would like right there and just like hang out there cause it was a fucking free place to hang out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I tried to, um, I'm a huge fan of getting books from the library. Um, I think it's like a, a resource that none of people use. Yeah. And I tried, I had a project that year. Talking of, about socialism. Of, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I had a project that year of trying to read every comic book in the Portland public library. Yeah. Which I would say I got through about 50%. Yeah. Um, the thing is, there's a lot of bad comic books. Gene. Yes. yes <laughs> there's there are. a lot of really bad comic books. And, I know. I <laughs> and uh, it and those tend to be the ones that um, never get checked out, so we're always yep. available. So I like I, I I burned through all the good stuff pretty quick, and then yeah. I was like I'm like paging through fucking like trash from like. <laughs> The, I I would argue there's some really bad comic books that are really popular too, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I tried the 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 um, public library that I usually go yeah. to is like in has been being remodeled for the past year. Yeah, and before that it was the pandemic, so it just wasn't open. So I've actually become more of a collector in the pandemic, just by oh, by, yeah. by virtue. Because you can also in the library if they don't have something that you want, you can have them order. Yeah, which is great. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um but uh so I've like I've 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 kind of against my own will become more of a collector <laughs> in the past two years. Which is nice. I mean I'm, yeah. I'm fully run have run out of space for stuff, but I, I somehow keep accumulating it. That's uh, I mean, that's why I, I've this is I just recently bought this third shelf right over here. Nice, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, 
And I almost hate the fact that that shelf over there is both sides of it because I like the aesthetic of it being against the wall. You mm-hmm. know, it looks nicer, but I'm like, I don't have any more space to put right. another one. Totally. Like, I have nowhere else I could. You're going to have to start fucking bolting I'm just going to get rid of this bed. <laughs> I'm just going to sleep on yeah, the floor. Yeah, just get a military a cot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have so much stuff to look at. You, could, you really could have a comic book uh, podcast that was just having people sit here and pull things off the shelf and talk to you about it. Yeah. There's so much. Have you read, I see, talk, speaking of, of of creative horror comics, have yeah. you read The Ice Cream Man? I have. Um, I did an episode with Brian Bigsby, actually, on that. Oh, nice. Yeah. This book fucking rules, It's so man. good. I haven't finished this book uh, yeah. all the way. I, um, I'm in the last, like, four issues, I think, but it's so good. And talk about a a horror comic that subverts the expectations yes. of, of, of horror. I love the idea. I love pastel horror. Yes. I love horror with bright colors. Um, it it kind of makes me think a little bit of like Edward Scissorhands a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. The, yeah, definitely. Like, but it's like Ice Cream Man is fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it is legit. Like it is brightly Especially, colored. Uh, uh, have you how, is, how far have you gotten into the series? Um, I'm like halfway through. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it it is um like legit unsettling and very brightly colored yes Um, a lot of it looks like it could be like a kid's cartoon Mm -hmm. um and um it's until it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) yeah until it doesn't um but it's really scary and like deeply sad (laughs) like a lot of it well it's like it's like almost like existential horror too big time yeah yeah. this is it's uh, yeah we're talking about it's very much in contrast to the book we're talking about today yes where like I think Lemire really deals well in those like cosmic Lovecraftian horrors. Yes. Where something like Ice Cream Man deals much more in like personal horror. Well, I would say so Lemire does that, but he also does personal horror very well too. Sure. I would recommend especially uh Underwater Welder. Have you heard of that? Oh, I haven't. It's great. Okay, it's, cool. So Lemire so I think Sorrentino uh with sure. Lemire. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that group does a really team. good like yeah. cosmic horror. Lemire, when he does stuff by himself, is very much more like introspective horror. Cool. Um, I would recommend like Maze Book just recently came out. That's another one that's really good by him. Um, I'm trying to think of other, some others. Like he's he's really good at the personal stories. Yeah. I haven't I haven't finished reading it, but that one that's uh, Royal City is actually like a kind of a ghost story. Okay, that's very much about a family and like. Cool. Yeah, Lemire is honestly, I would say, within the last like ten to fifteen years of comic book writers, is definitely like in my top three. Honestly, yeah, man, I'm re- I'm really stoked to just like devour all yes. this shit, which I don't do that often. I don't like it's not like the last person I did that with was, um, probably uh, Saga. I forget his name. Brian K. Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn. I, I, you know. Which a couple years ago tore through all his stuff. Yeah, it, hard to find something bad by him. Honestly, honestly, yeah. <laughs> my least favorite one is Why the Last Man, which I feel really? like is controversial. Yeah, because that's um, like a lot of people, lo- people I, I, love. I have, I have Man. it up there. It's, the, the I mean, complete. It, it's good. I just think he he wrote he learned to write characters much more realistically 
like after yeah. that. Like I just feel like the characters in Why the Last Man. I, I think aren't that for that. me though, Why the Last Man I think was my introduction to him. Totally. And so for me it was only could go up from that point. Totally. It's a good place to start and it's a great like um like the the premise is really strong yes. and is really well executed. And it does get better as it goes along. So. It does. Yeah. It definitely it it's like he I feel like he matured as a writer through writing that. Yeah. Um Saga to me still I think Oh my god, um, it's so good. I like I think like and you know, subjective art form for my personal taste, I think Saga is the best book ever written. As okay. far as it, it I I think it it ticks all the boxes for me as really? far as, okay. as as like compelling characters. Well, I also I love um family stories. Yeah. Um yeah. I I love having that the stakes of that. Oh, you're you're going to love reading more of Lemire then. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I haven't read all of Sweet Tooth yet. I'm really oh, excited. That's to, a really good. Yeah. That's a really good family story um, honestly in a lot of ways. But that's why I love like like to me also Walking Dead is is another um top tier one for me. Yeah. Like, like Walking Dead I think is the perfect is like gold standard of horror. Yes. Um, and that the family dynamics in that are really strong. But Saga is like it's to me it's it's perfect because it's it's the family dynamic at the heart of it is is yeah. like so emotionally wrought and like lovingly depicted. Um and then it has like just this fun as shit. Yeah. Like sweeping truly epic you know saga and um like all every character you meet you fall in love with and then they die (laughs) if you love family stories too i would highly recommend getting into the black hammer universe which is by which is lemire's yeah 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 yeah. it's like it seems it's his own superhero universe while being extremely personal okay cool i love that because like the uh without spoiling too much it's about it kind of starts off about these superheroes who went from like a very like DC universe kind of area mm-hmm. to like a very mundane world where it's all like a f- small town. They're okay. stuck in this. They're they're all having to be a family of like no none of them are actually related, I don't think, but like sure. they're all yeah. sort of forced to pretend to be this family on this farm in a small okay. town. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's so I'll definitely good. check that out. Yeah, and I've always loved family stories. Like when I was a kid, like my favorite, um, my the first like superhero comic I got really into was yeah. the Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, um, and like I just I don't know why family dynamics really resonate with me. Um, I just think it's a good, especially in something like superheroes or saga, something yeah. that is, uh, so the Incredibles out, is so good. Outlandish. The Incredibles. <laughs> Yo, no joke. I yeah. think Incredibles best superhero movie ever made. It's great. As far as like a, yeah. a standalone, just perfect story. And again, I'm biased cause I like those like family stories, but I <laughs> yeah. think Incredibles does not it's get the best enough. Fantastic Four movie ever made. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, that's not really saying much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty low standard. I think you and me could probably make the best Fantastic Four movie ever made with a fucking iPhone and a weekend. Have you seen um, the Roger Corman movie that never actually officially got released? No, but I. It's I really so want bad. To. It's you. Can, I don't know. It used to be on YouTube. Really? And yeah. it is. I've so... seen all the like stills from it and like the, the <laughs> costuming and stuff. It's incredible that it got made in yeah. general, but it was literally because the company wanted to keep the rights. Totally. To it. Wasn't 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 weren't they also gonna make a, a a Doctor Strange movie with the same team? Oh, they I might think have. Like Corman was gonna also That's make a really Doctor Strange at the same time. That's really which funny. Which would have also been <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I, you know, I kind of want to see the Marvel Cinematic low budget universe. 
I yeah, <laughs> I'd be down for it, man. Just like, just like the so bad it's good, dude. Honestly, I wish with in this like era that we have of the cinematic universes. Yeah, I'm not. I I like that. I think it's yeah. it's cool. Um, uh, I'm not like one of those cynical people that thinks it's like killing the film industry. <laughs> um, I think the film industry does a great job of killing itself. Oh, absolutely. It's very suicidal. Corporate greed. General <laughs> fucking egos. Um, and there's still personal films coming out. So, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I think, I, I wish that these like big uh, shared universe properties like Marvel and Star Wars yeah. did more um, genre bending. Like we saw a little yeah. bit of it in the most recent Doctor Strange. And I think that was just because uh, Sam Raimi. Raimi was at the, the yeah. helm, but I would yeah I would love to see a straight up horror Star Wars movie. Or have you watched uh, Werewolf by Night on Disney Plus? Yet? Not yet. It's great. That's kind of the, that's another they kind one. of did that with that right. Yeah, it's like um, a it's it feels like a classic Universal horror film. Okay, what do, what book did they is that based off? It's of? Werewolf by Werewolf Night. By okay, I've never even is heard it of that. Yeah, that's actually where uh, Moon Knight originally appeared. Oh, cool. My favorite thing is Werewolf by Night's uh, the character the the like the alter ego for him uh-huh. is literally named Jack Russell. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. I yeah. love that. I I do a thing that I like that the um, MCU is doing with their. Um, series is, yeah is, a lot of their shows are really i and i like that they're basing it off of distinct comic runs yeah largely from like the past 20 if, years if you want to see a re- if you 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 may or may not have already seen this but if you have and you need to for as far as gender bending marvel mm. um fx had a series called legion Right, I, I, that's been recommended to me. It's so good. Yeah. It is, it is based Aubrey on Aubrey Plaza, right? Aubrey Plaza's in it. Uh, Dan Stevens, I think, is his uh-huh. name. It's and about the it's Uncanny X Men um, character, right? Yeah, it's uh, uh, Legion was, uh, which is David Haller, which is the son of Professor Xavier. Yeah. Mm. And they actually do eventually like refer, reference Professor X and stuff, which is cool. Cool. Um, but yeah, I've it heard is, really good things about that. It is stellar. It is so crazy it's the same guy who did the uh, fargo tv series okay cool um but it is it is unlike anything else and it's sort of i think that you could almost consider it like a precursor to um oh what's it called uh wandavision although sure um it was interesting because I, I had told someone that i really i think i liked legion better or i think it did what WandaVision was trying to do but better, but he was like, well, Legion is more like a masculine version of that where WandaVision is more of the feminine side Interesting. of that. Interesting. Which I, I was like, okay, that gave me a little bit better perspective yeah, and yeah, like yeah. difference like of that, but it's so good. I'll definitely check that out. I really like, I mean, I like that, um, I like the, I think they're doing a really good job of picking the source material for these Yes. Marvel series. I really like that they based the, the Hawkeye show off the Matt Fraction run. Yes, yes. I thought that was so fun because it's like, I didn't want a Hawkeye show. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, they're doing the Fraction run. I got to watch the, it. The Fraction one is so <laughs> um, good too. And it, did a, it was a pretty good adaptation um, with like its own kind of, you know, yeah. take obviously. Um, I was... Honestly, the the I was very nervous about the She Hulk show. Yeah, because that She Hulk is my favorite Marvel Marvel character. Yeah, it's from the books. I just love her books. They're so fun. They are. Yeah, they're just so fun. And she she also predates uh, Deadpool by like ten years of being uh, fourth wall fourth breaking. Wall breaker, yeah. yeah, totally. Um, 
But I, uh, and I'm not actually, I haven't like read into this, so I don't, I'm not positive this is what they based the run on. But it seems like they based it on the single green female run from like 2007. Have you read that? I think, is that the Dan Slot run? I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, have, yeah, you've read that one. Where- no, I haven't. I, I, that's that's the thing is I have read a lot of comics, but there's, there's so a lot comics. more that I haven't. There's so many comics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who thinks that anyone who tells you it's like oh like who acts like they're like an expert on comics yeah. or like has some big knowledge is fucking lying to you because <laughs> yeah. there are we live in a, like we are so blessed uh, we have the best problem in the world as comic fans of yes that we will never be able to read everything. No, I some of the stuff I sold was just because like I was it was like it wasn't good enough for me to keep reading sure. it. Yeah, was it? and it, it and wasn't even so it was much bad. To read. It was yeah. Just, yeah. Um, but that, I highly recommend that single green female run because it's um, and the show did a, a pretty decent job. I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, that's um, good. That finale was fun. The finale was really fun. But yeah. it's but that run in the comics is every issue is a different court case and it's just oh, okay. straight up court nice. and and it's and they and obviously since it's the book and not the show they can do way more of pulling in random characters like I also I like Spider Man sue the uh, the uh, Daily Bugle for defamation oh, of that's character great. That's great. and like all it's it's super fun I really I think my favorite episode for the show was the Daredevil episode honestly yeah and that Daredevil made me think more of I haven't read it but I've heard a lot about it the Mark Wade run which is more hopeful Daredevil and like okay. more fun like he moves to San Francisco for a little while yeah and like even though there's still some dark things because Daredevil always has dark things mm-hmm. um, it's more like he's decided to be happy <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. I haven't read that but I have read I think there was a spider woman that was written at the same time probably that yeah w- like crossed over like with the san francisco yeah um and i i like that take on the uh, more because daredevil you just want the best for him yeah. just so, <laughs> people talk about spider-man having a rough time no daredevil is so, it's a uh, <laughs> poor guy yeah. he gets and like he, possessed by a demon at one point yeah. and it takes over his body for a while like there's all so much shit and he's catholic man yeah. so he's holding that he's holding all that guilt in <laughs> He's not. He doesn't have you know uh, Spider Man's uh, all their superpower of of uh, secular moralism. Yeah, to <laughs> let go of that shit. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so good. That's so funny. It's uh, it was uh, funny. Um, I saw people like one Daredevil and uh, She Hulk hooked up in the show. Yeah, uh, people being like, "Well, is, do they got to get married now? Daredevil's a Catholic." <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> What does that it's, mean? Is this it's really funny because <laughs> knowing Daredevil, he is he is a, he has had sex with so many superheroes. I know it's so funny. His uh, <laughs> the whole thing of him being a Catholic is like so. It really is like the least consistent thing. Yeah. And I mean, comics like to play hard and fast with the with the like rules yeah. of their of their characters, but I think <laughs> nothing gets bent more than than Daredevil's <laughs> Catholic belief system. Oh yeah. Well, it's also different writers too. I mean, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing that's fun is like that's the thing I realized by collecting so much stuff was just because a character is great doesn't mean a run is great. No. Like you can oh, have yeah, totally. you can have an awesome character that just like was written for real like written horribly Dude, for like five to ten years. There are it's got there are maybe more bad Spider Man comics yes. than there are good Spider Man yes. comics. And he's like one of the best characters I've yeah, ever made. I, I like Spider Man in theory, but I've tried reading I collected a couple omnibuses and I sold them not much long yeah. after because I was like I even though it was considered one of the better ones it runs, I was just like it, I, 
the best Spider. My favorite Spider-Man so far is the video game. Actually, oh, cool. I really <laughs> like that. Have you played it? No, I'm not it's, a gamer, but it's I've heard great. That's super it's great. Awesome. It's yeah. great. It, it just had like the right combination of everything because like. Yeah, <laughs> I, I might. I, I don't play video games. I just like it's. I don't know if I can't sit still, but I enjoy watching yeah. people play video games. So I've thought about buying that uh, that game for my boyfriend. Just so, oh, there you so, go. So yeah, be like, can you watch, play this so I can watch? <laughs> 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 um, I think I, great. I get frustrated too easy, so I can't play myself. But that's um, fair. I but yeah, it's it, you know it's funny. I um so I like my like comic book fandom largely started from like reading my older brother's stuff. Yeah. Um and so like my intro to Spider Man and like for a long time my favorite one. It's it's a, a run that everyone kind of universally hates, which is the Scarlet Spider yeah. run from the nineties. The 90s. Clone Saga, yeah. The Clone Saga, people hate it, and I love the Clone <laughs> Saga just because it's it was like the first Spider-Man series yeah. that I read, and I was obsessed with it. For me, like I think that is like will kind of always be like a favorite of mine, <laughs> even though it's like the fucking dumbest, most impenetrable plot. That is so like I've read that that yeah. so, that like run like hundreds of times yeah i could not tell you the plot of the clone saga <laughs> in a coherent way i really couldn't break it down for oh you my God. yeah it's it is very think, convoluted it's convoluted and it lasted a little too long yeah it's a there's, lot of fucking well, because man. there's like i think there's three or four omnibuses that say clone saga and then there's uh ben riley P, uh, spider-man yep mm-hmm. like at least two omnibuses of yeah that. And for most people, for people who don't understand what I mean by omnibuses, I mean these giant hardcovers that are like fifteen hundred pages. Yeah, dude, that are just like that. I have way too many of. But uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah, dude, a, a huge <laughs> chunk of the nineteen nineties. Ben Riley was fucking yeah. like, yeah. the guy. And then there was that thing was like, is Ben Riley the real Peter Parker? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> fucking nonsense. <laughs> True, not like incomprehensible, (laughs) but it's I love it, man. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't get the Spider Girl comic without having yeah that that whole thing because like him because for a little while Peter and and Mary Jane they get she gets pregnant and Mm. then doesn't and then I think has like a a, um, miscarriage or something Mm. like that and they're like, well, she miscarried in this universe, but what if she didn't? Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And also, it's I mean, you know, the fun thing about comic books yeah is like even if a run sucks or if there's yeah. like a time that like it, w- it was bad you there's always something that you can be like well that run gave us this or like that well, it's, like it's like uh arguably one of the worst runs of uh wolverine the last long while was the um daniel way era which was like the wolverine origins okay. but there's been some pretty cool stuff happened with dakin who came from that right yeah yeah but totally. like the original rep run with Dakin, he's such an unlikable character. Yeah, <laughs> Wolverine is an unlikable character in that too, though. But, but. that's also such a fun thing about this medium yeah. of storytelling is that like because it's um these are like canonized characters yeah. and it's a collaborative storytelling medium like yeah. a different art- artist. There's always like a writer. I love it when a writer picks. A character, yeah, out of obscurity to just be like, well, I want to fucking, I'm, I can, <laughs> I can do it. De- I can make a deal that. Fucking- well, that's like even, um, I haven't read it, but I've heard really good things about the Matt Fraction and uh, Ed Brubaker run on Iron Fist, for yeah. example. Mm-hmm. Which no one likes Iron Fist. Nobody likes Iron Fist, <laughs> but apparently that's that's actually yeah. how uh, David Aha started with uh, work or Aja Aha whatever. Yeah, sure. um, started working with. Uh, 
uh, Matt Fraction, which eventually led into Hawkeye, which was another which character was, nobody cared about yeah. for the most. I mean, obviously someone did, but totally. But, but like, now he's like now, yeah, completely different. Totally, he was became relatable all of a sudden. Yeah, it was. It's oh God, that book is so good. That it's so amazing because it is like he's. Did like, you know? You know what's crazy? Lemire actually did the follow up like few issues after that. Oh really? Which actually continues the storyline from that. Run. Oh wow, I haven't yeah. read that. Yeah, which I have and I haven't read either, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> it's got all the ingredients are there. How can it not? Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I bought it because I was like, I had the other two oversized hardcovers, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I need this one too. Yeah, I'm just gonna collect the entire thing and then say that, and then eventually read it. Totally. But, yeah. Do you have a favorite comic book, Gene? Have you oh, said yeah. that on the show before? Yes, uh, probably my favorite. It's actually a graphic novel. My favorite of all time is um, probably. Well, it's actually a. It's a, it kind of jumps between these two different ones. Uh, Asterios Polyp by um, David Mazzucchelli, which is the original, which was the artist on Batman Year One okay. and uh, Daredevil: Born Again. Uh, it is a really good introspective storyline about a guy who's in his fifties and going through an existential crisis. Oh wow really fucking good um the other one that is uh very much on the same level of is blankets by craig thompson i've heard of that one People so have recommended good. that to me well i i re- i was raised hyper religious i was raised in like a pentecostal family okay wow yeah yeah um and so before i even left the faith i read that book and i started relating to it Whoa. and it's about a guy who essentially goes through the very very fundamental christian mm. uh fundamental. there's one of my scenes is literally he goes to a uh, winter camp and i'm like i've been to this one i haven't been to that winter camp but i've right. been to this winter camp before Whoa. there's literally like i think they say something like the worship leader says um he man may be the uh, he man. He, it's like something about he man may be great, but God's the real master of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I I've I've seen those worship leaders yeah. before. Like <laughs> that's a, that's a real guy. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. It's so it's so good because okay. it was like it was it was sort of like my um my introduction to like realizing that maybe I don't believe in this shit, you know. And it was, wow. yeah. And pivotal. Yeah, it was very pivotal for me. And I kind of, and he, because it's his, it's interesting because his, at the end of it, it's like he's, it's not even sure that he doesn't believe in some sec- section of it, but mm-hmm. he's like, I definitely don't have the same faith my parents Yeah. Do. And it's such a good, like, sort of slice of life and very personal story. Yeah. That's such a magical thing when a piece of yeah. art can like help you work through something like that. Yeah. Um. Have you ever? You should. Have you ever like reached out to that writer and? and I haven't. I would love you to. Should. Though. He's he lived in Portland for a while. I don't know if he still does, but that's cool. You about. should. You should email him. Yeah. yeah. I, I should. I, I. I'm terrible about that stuff because like I'll, <laughs> right. I'll, I'm like thinking about it now, but then I'll I'll even listen. I'll listen to this episode while I'm editing it, and I'll be like, yeah, I should email him. And then like three months later, I'm like, I feel like I was supposed to do something. I think that's like an um, an important thing that people forget is that like all these artists are like real people. Yeah, that's something that my I, honestly my boyfriend has kind of taught me where they like they will if 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 there's like a a show or or something or something yeah. that was like meaningful to them they'll yeah. they'll find the person on Twitter and DM them and like tell them like like reach out. And that's like, awesome. I think that it, like I think that's a cool thing for for you know artists to hear it's yeah like, i think it's so well i uh i was really happy because i another one of my favorites is mind management by matt kent okay 
Really good. Um, think of it like if like mutants were discovered by the government and all became government agents basically at one time or another. Okay. It's really good. Really well done. It's kind of spy comic, sort of a science fiction. I don't know. Um, I recommended it on the Instagram page and like tagged, I, I, you know, I did a hashtag Matt Ken or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And he personally thanked me in the comments for recommending his book. That's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, people like it's, 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 and uh, you know, I like the kind of the coolest part about being a creative, like in my life, like being a, like in stand up comedy. Yeah. Like I talk a lot about like, for example, like my experience in the psych ward like i have a lot yeah. of, like i've got 10 minutes of material about you know that whole experience and when i do that joke i do have people come up to me all the time being like like because it's a it's like yeah. way more common experience yeah than like your our dominant culture would lead you to believe like that's that's the thing that so many people have gone through yeah and people and like i get people all the time and it's like i'm not like you know a fucking renowned comic by any stretch it's a, but it's a to, weirdly common experience in the scene too that's <laughs> 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 one that people don't really talk about yeah. and like people will come and be like oh that's so, it's, it's so like affirming to hear someone tell that story yeah and I feel like um, I forget when I, art really impacts me that like oh I can like you know communicate that to this creator and that yeah. could be like significant to them to hear that like I don't know yeah, it's. It, I mean, there's no, there's no guarantee they'll get back to you, but it's still sure. like you might as well yeah, try. No, yeah, I mean that's not the, yeah. you know, the point, you know. Uh, so I want to kind of wrap up uh, sure. some stuff, but uh, so <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, on a on a scale of one to ten bone orchards, <laughs> what would you give this uh, specific comic? On a scale of one to ten bone orchards, I'd say bone orchards is ten bone orchards, but ten. I, I'm not really <laughs> sure what the. <laughs> Well, it is one bone orchard, but it it's is. a scale of one to ten. Um, if, uh, if I'm given this a rating of one to ten, you know, I think when you're like, if if we're if you're going to think like on a critical level about a yeah. piece of art, you should think about what it was trying to accomplish. Yeah, and how well it accomplished that. Um, and even though you know this wasn't my favorite horror comic I've ever read, yeah, but I think what they set out to do, they did really well. Yes. Um. And, you know, I, it's it's like if I had to and I don't like to like pick apart art or like mm -hmm. like criticize it, if if I if I had to criticize it like the um, and I, I might be contradicting myself because I said I, I like <laughs> art that asks more questions than it answers. Yeah, this ans asked so many questions <laughs> yeah. and I know it's part of an expanded universe. Yes, and sure stuff will be clarified. But um, uh, some some of the uh, kind of esoteric imagery got a little bit murky for me and hard to parse. Yes, that that, sec yeah. that second spooky naked lady that we were talking about. <laughs> that I was still don't like know a that. little bit. So I so I you know I, that's why I hesitate to give it a perfect score. But I I think like I think it's a total nine out of ten. Like I think they really yeah what they what they set off to accomplish. I really think they 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 accomplished and i think it's it was a fun read it was scary yeah um the art is beautiful i think the writing the art and the coloring is 
perfectly integrated. Yes. Um. I. Yeah. It's. It's. And it's so. It's such a quick read. Yes. It's like, a very quick. Like read. it's so worth your time. And if like, and this is you know something if, if we're, we're talking about collecting versus just like reading and enjoying, this would be a perfect thing to request for your local library. Yeah. Because you could go in when you're like you know having a day at the library, sit down and read this. You don't even need to check it out. Like, yeah. This is you can burn through this and really really enjoy it. Um. So yeah, nine out of ten. Okay. I would probably I would go more eight, but sure. that's because I'm more critical and I've been doing this podcast for fifty five. Yeah, you have to worry episodes. about people <laughs> comparing it to you gotta have people be like, Oh, you gave it an eight to this, but fucking yeah. sweet tooth, you gave a blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. Um mostly because it is short, because it doesn't answer a lot of questions. It does feel like it does um, the good things about it is it makes me want to see more of this universe for sure. Definitely, it's a per- it's a it's a great like first one of yeah. a shared universe. Per- exactly, I, I um and it is great. It is the art is very impactful. It mm-hmm. is very you know it is it's uh I and I the art's a ten out of ten. For it me. made me I'll yes yeah oh I love I love Sorrentino's mm-hmm. art for sure. That's the thing. So like that's but like the store so. The story is probably more of a seven for me. Yeah, which is why I kind of put it in that kind of middle ground. That area. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think like all the components are tens. Yeah, but it doesn't quite come together to make something yeah. that is like a perfect. Um, yeah. Sorry for, not to interrupt you. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> I've interrupted you at least twelve times <laughs> in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> That's podcasting, man. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, it's yeah. the because um, yeah, the dialogue writing is is um, phenomenal. But yes. this, yeah, the story's a little murky. It's a and, little murky. And yeah. again, it's it's it's. We'll see how has have have they released more in this universe so, yet? Uh, there was a there was one actually I sent you a message of that was called Prelude that was, that, right. was, that they released before this on Free Comic Book Day, and then there is right now um, the something Feathers I forgot the name exactly but yeah. it's, it's it's supposed to be a seven issue miniseries which okay. is going to be more five to seven something like that which I've heard already really great, great things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I like this style of horror because I like I. I, I actually kind of like No Hope Horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should say everyone fucking dies in the end of this. Yeah, yeah, I don't there's know if no, we that. It's not a like, happy ending. All, it only has three characters and all three of them fucking yeah. die. It's, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, well, the, I mean, the... Well, the, the well we, don't we don't know about the brother. He, yeah, if, we don't know about the brother. He just jumps in the hole. They all seem to have died. <laughs> yeah. But I know what you mean. No yeah. hope horror is. Yeah. I mean, talk like ice cream man's a no oh, hope horror yes. big time. Absolutely. And there is something cathartic in that in its own way. There is. Um, and I think I think that as long as you don't embrace but you explore that darkness within inside of totally. you, it's it can be very fascinating. And that's what horror comes it, from. Exactly. It can be a cathartic space to enter yes and then you can it, you can step back exactly. and, and appreciate <laughs> all this lovely meaning that you have in your actual life precisely <laughs> uh, so one of you did give a little bit i uh, so one of the questions i like to ask towards the end here is um and you kind of talked about it for a second um what was like your first introduction comic books you said your brother introduced you yeah my older brother and my dad um so I started, yeah, a, a lot of Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. Um, I read a lot of um, fantasy comics okay. coming up too. 
and a lot, a lot of, of porn. Got a, it. A lot of pornography. <laughs> um, okay. I and this is I. It's I. I don't think I've found really another person that had a much of a love for for this specific a publisher as I did growing up. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm like searching my whole life for someone else who's like <laughs> worse into these as much as me. But I read everything from Dork Storm Publishing. Okay. Um, which was Dork Tower. Nodwick, <laughs> okay. PVP, you're looking at me like yeah. I'm, it was like a Midwest uh, indie comic publishing. I think um, I've heard of it, but I just uh, never read it. And um, so Dork Tower, that was the first comic book that I obsessed over. Okay, got every issue the day it came out, and it's a, a comic book about a and D campaign. Oh, okay. Um, and then Nodwick, similarly, is a. It is like it's in a it's like set in like a Dungeons and Dragons kind yeah. of R.A. Salvatore world, but it's like a kind of a humorous yeah. Thing. It's centered around this like henchman and this adventuring group who's <laughs> like the only intelligent one of these like um, okay. So I like I check out Dorkstorm Publishing because I think they're super sick. John Kovalik, the writer of Dork Tower, okay. People know him as the apples to apples guy. That was like his one big oh, commercial wow. success. That's funny. He drew those little apples and like he co-created <laughs> apples to apples. <laughs> He has a bunch of comic books. He, yeah. He, and, and is also now an outspoken leftist on indie comics Twitter. So I, there we I, go. I appreciate yeah. him for that. Hell yeah. But yeah, that, that was kind of the, the origins for me. Awesome. Okay. Uh, and then as far as, uh, do you have like a top five favorite either graphic novels or series? Totally. Um, so, gosh. I mean, it's it's like I said, I, I read mostly horror these days. Mm-hmm. Um. And I've talked a little bit about them. I, like I said, Saga to me is untouchable. Yeah. Just for some reason, it really affected me emotionally. Um, so if I'm going to go a top five, can I give a general top five and then a horror top five? Sure. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, Top five just in general, I would say um, Saga. I would say um, Walking Dead. Um I would say, um, honestly, this single ga- green female She-Hulk run. Um, okay. I love that character. Um, just to make people mad, I'm also going to say the Clone Saga. <laughs> because I've read it so many times. I've read it so many times. Um, and then I'll throw, gosh, who do I want to give a shout out to? Um uh as far as just like all time what i reread and what i really love um uh honestly if i'm talking rereading um the deconic run of captain marvel i reread all the time okay for some reason they're, they're doing a uh, uh omnibus of the car collection coming out soon sick but, i'm definitely gonna yeah. get that um i'll probably think of like th- 20 other ones that i'd like more than that once i <laughs> yeah. leave here um but as far as horror um because if i could say any i i, I, I want to use yeah. my appearance on this to get people to read more horror <laughs> comics because i think it's an unsung like uh piece of our of, of this medium that we love um yeah and as far as um top 10 top five and i tried not to say a horror so let this is really my top five okay um, uh walking dead um the dark horse alien oh, okay. comics 
um, that original run that was yeah. like canon that then got decanonized by fucking Prometheus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love those books. Yeah. And if, you're, if, you're, if you like cosmic horror, if you like Bone Orchard, um, this is good like blend of cosmic horror and creature feature. Hell yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Horror. Uh, so Dark Horse um, alien ones. Um, spread. Okay. I love Spread. I had already talked about that. It's got great, like, if you like early 2000s skateboard art, <laughs> like, like Skinner and Neckface, like, it's yeah, totally yeah, about, yeah. like, super overly gory. Yeah. Um, uh, Harrow County, I really love. Heard, I've been wanting to check out it's that It's a really one. lovely, yeah. like, um... I love well, the art from the what art, I've seen. The art is is it really elevates it. The story is is good and fun, but the yeah. art makes it a masterpiece in my mind because it's it's all like watercolor. Um, yeah, and yeah. it's it's got some of the most beautiful um, horror splash pages I've ever seen of just like these really lovingly yeah. rendered um, creatures. Um, and it's it's a book that has a lot of heart. It's got like a young protagonist, um, and it's a period piece. Um, and I, th- I, th- I think it doesn't uh, get enough credit for being uh, a fantastic book. Yeah. Um, and then Nailbiter. Nailbiter. Oh, I've heard really good things about that too. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's like more kind of a uh, true crime horror. Yeah. I tried to fit a bunch of different horror genres in my top <laughs> yeah. five. <laughs> yeah. I think Nailbiter is as far as like you know it's not the most groundbreaking piece of writing but it is like such a it's a good actiony yeah it's got all the horror tropes you love um yeah that's that's my top five awesome okay um and then the last question i ask uh is uh what what was your inspiration oh Oh. sorry no uh fucking venus in the blind spot junji ito i'm oh you got yeah that's this collection of short i had to put some junji ito in there as a horror comics fan (laughs) just just for the art alone that's that's my favorite yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) wait 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 junji ito junji ito (laughs) i screamed at you right there I'm very excitable. <laughs> That's really funny. No, I like it. I like that passion. Um, and then, what was uh, what was your inspiration for doing comedy? Out of curiosity. Oh God, inspiration for doing comedy. Yeah. Um, I know. I like to completely just change the. No, totally. Um, I mean, I was a comedy fan as a little kid. My dad got me a comedy CD every year for Christmas. Okay. Um, and so that start started with like I hate to say it. But Bill Cosby <laughs> um, was like my first favorite comedian. <laughs> Sucks now because he's turned into a Batman villain himself. You know, I, um, I think that we should have known he because he wasn't really a stand-up guy. He was a sit-down guy. <laughs> Can't trust the sit-down guys. Yep. Can't we're, trust. Wait, them, wait, man. wait till we find out about Mark Maron. Come on. Um, and then so it went from like uh, Bill Cosby to Steve Martin. To Emo Phillips, mm. to Mitch Hedberg, to Mike Birbiglia. Oh, um, I love Birbiglia. Yeah, and Birbiglia is probably the most influential guy for me because I'm a storyteller. That makes a lot of sense, honestly. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, I think our like the tone and content of our stuff is very different. Um, but as far as like 
the, my writing style. Yeah, I think that's like thing what has evolved from that. Um, I can see that from the like the physical aspect of your comedy too. Totally, yeah. yeah. And then also, um, I went to school to study writing, and I wanted to write for the theater. Yeah. Um, and then I found out really quickly that I hated <laughs> actors. <laughs> So I was like, like if I start yeah. comedy, I can write for myself and <laughs> yeah. still have it be theater. So that was that's yeah. the origin, pretty pretty put simply. <laughs> awesome. Um, is there any uh, anything you want to plug? If it's more more so like um, either anything that's like uh, social media or any like podcasts or recurring shows that you do. Things totally, like man. I um yeah I uh, well you can follow me on Instagram at Riley Condunk and I um post all of my uh stand updates on there mm -hmm. um and then um do you know when this comes out this uh this will release um this friday actually this friday cool yeah <laughs> um perfect next month december um december 7th i have a project coming out that i've been working on for the past six months okay um it's an audio documentary um mm. called a thousand and one days um, and it is um, a series of interviews and then my own kind of story um, tracking how people grew and changed through the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's I've been working on it with this really phenomenally talented local producer named Violet Eileen. Um, and we've been putting six months of work into this tight little two-hour yeah. podcast chunk. Um, we're calling yeah. it a documentary, not a podcast, because it's <laughs> just one episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's yeah. just one thing. Um, and I would really love it if people checked that out. It comes out on December 7th, which is 1,001 days since the pandemic was declared. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, if if you don't like it, it's only two hours. It's not, <laughs> it's not a huge ask as far as <laughs> podcasts go. It's just one episode. I'm going to do like the ops, like kind of like a clock recording, except for instead of the eyes keeping open, somehow your ears are stuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Headphones are glued to your face. <laughs> <Your> head. <laughs> um, but check that out. It's, it's really come together. I'm really proud of it. We're like doing, Violet is like doing all this original music, scoring yeah. it. Um, and yeah, um, it's, I don't give a fuck if you follow me on Instagram, but <laughs> at least try listening to my fucking audio yeah. thing that I've worked for a while on. Sounds awesome, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Man. I'll be definitely checking it out. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, trying to think if there's anything I need to... Uh, just follow me on Instagram. It's normal. <laughs> I changed my... It's no longer nearly functional comedy. It's just Gene Dweber comedy because I... I don't know. I like changing things and making people not be able to know how to find me. There you um, go. Gotta you know, keep, keep just, guessing. <laughs> I normally don't plug that anymore because I was like, I, for the first like 25 episodes, I just kept on saying my social media stuff. And I'm like, this is so... Eventually, someone's gonna like get tired of me. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, we know. found this show. <laughs> I actually unfollowed you because you kept on saying it. Um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, moral of the episode. I don't know why. I just like to do this randomly. Um, don't go to random weird islands with houses. You know, don't, just like you get this, don't. you get this, and then the lighthouse. And neither one of them have a great. You know, if you if if there's a Spooky woman mm -hmm. that is naked. Yeah, outside in the middle of the night. Just you can walk leave. the other direction. Just leave, leave. Unless that's it's your not, thing. You're not rude. Yeah, to walk away at that point. 
That is giving, once there's a spooky naked lady, <laughs> social social qualms have gone out the window. You're allowed to just leave. Just, yeah. It's not impolite. It's just, yeah. She's the one being spooky and naked in the middle of the night. And maybe don't get a ride to the island for her brother. No. Yeah, like get your own. Rent a boat. Rent a boat. Yeah. You, you're you're, you're a geologist listener, yeah. right? You can probably afford yeah. this is to specifically rent a boat. to geologists. Yeah. Specifically. This is a bespoke geologists only episode. Canadian geologists, geologists. specifically. Uh, yeah. Finally, something for them. <laughs> that's, that's really my niche audience yeah, for it's this. An, it's uh, an underrepresented it's, group. So, it's <laughs> really brave of Eugene. <laughs> I consider myself a hero, really, yeah, like an ambassador no, for the Canadian geologists. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for coming on here. Thank you so uh, much for having me, man. This was really fun. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, live your life. Mm-hmm.